I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, May 6, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have a lot to discuss today. A lot happened. The futures were getting killed overnight on a tweet about China and tariffs and all that stuff. We have a laundry list of items to discuss. We're going to go through them all. Today could turn out to have multiple meanings all wrapped up into the same day. It was quite the reversal off the bottom, yet it was quite the gap down. So we're going to understand how I'm reading that. We're going to look around the world. We're going to look around the horn, see what other charts we have, see what evidence we have. We'll begin to assemble the pieces of the puzzle. We'll put them on the table and the picture will become clearer later than it is right now. Let's start with just a quick little recap of where we are. We're still in an uptrend. We have yet to close any day recently below the 20-period moving average. That's home base. We continue to trend higher. We continue to close above the 20-period moving average. Today was in question early on, obviously, but we did have a reversal. The market finished near the highs. That's, for now, a positive. We have to understand that. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. What else can we glean from today's activity? The low today and the reversal, could that be another launch pad for much higher prices? Could the market be going to new highs? We're going to discuss some of that as well. But in brief, all we need to know is any daily close above the recent high and the reversal candle from May 1st would then be off the table. Now keep in mind, Look at today's volume and look at May 1st volume. So that's interesting to note. Let's discuss that a second. So here we have what we talked about as a reversal candle. Remember, I didn't say necessarily reversal day, hop on the short side, let's ride them cowboy. That's not what I said. What I said was it was a reversal candle. Look at the volume on the 1st of May. The volume was 71 million shares. Now the volume today was over 110 million shares and the market reversed off the bottom and finished near the highs. Are we to make the other day as a reversal? Are we to make today as a reversal? That's an interesting question and that certainly falls into the camp of the trick trap fool and frustrate crew. I mean, you have one hand a reversal and the other hand you have a reversal. One has higher volume. Are we going higher? The market is trending higher. Everything is pointing higher. Everybody wants you to think higher. We may go higher in the short run, but make no mistake about it. The market is running out of time. They may have one more leg higher to suck in the remaining bulls. We've talked about that before. We talked about that last week. We still have a handful of IPOs on the board, but we have some big IPOs on the board. We have the granddaddy, which is Uber. We also have Slack. That's pretty big as well. We have a smattering of other IPOs. There's a lot of money on the table in these IPOs. The investment banks, if they can, they're not going to let the market just unravel with these IPOs on the table. Everybody needs to feel good about buying a new issue at a high price 
where the founders and early investors of these companies are cashing out into the hands of the retail investor, the institutional investor that's buying on behalf of the retail investor and behalf of themselves. By the way, not all smart money, as opposed to popular belief or conventional wisdom, not all smart money is necessarily smart money. All right, let's shift right back in our lane over here. So basically the bottom line is whether or not there was a high volume reversal day or whether or not it was just a reversal candle doesn't really matter. What we do know is any daily close above 294.95 and the market is likely going higher and any short positions are better off being unraveled and we can reinstitute a short position on the next signal of a reversal in the market. Could be for much higher prices, could be the following day. We're in that zone where you have to expect the unexpected. Brings up another point. Think about what happened overnight. We had a tweet about tariffs and China, and the market started to unravel. What I'm saying and have been saying for many, many days is, You can't shove 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. When everybody runs for the exits at the same time, it's a problem. So a lot of these high-flying stocks, the names we know, the fan favorites, a lot of the air is going to come out of some of those bubbles. Some of the air has already begun to come out of some of those bubbles in various areas. Don't mistake the term bubble. I'm not using the term bubble in the sense that we're in a bubble. We may be in a bubble, but I'm just saying... Some of the stocks that have gone up a tremendous amount from the December lows are due for at least, at a bare minimum, a garden variety correction. Let me pause here and thank everybody for participating and making comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction, and you know how I especially love the banter back and forth. In addition, if it's worthy, but only if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video, and then go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Back to business. Let's just talk a little bit more about the topic of everybody running for the exits. Let's just throw against the wall or take a look around the horn and see what other potential bad news is looming out there. Because right now, everybody's ignoring the bad news. The market's climbing what we like to call the wall of worry. But the reality is, is when we're ready, meaning we, the market participants, when we're ready and the market makes a turn, all of a sudden some of these pieces of news that are being ignored today will go right to the forefront and become some of the excuses slash reasons for an ensuing decline in the market. Let's take a look at what we have on the docket. We have Venezuela. All hell's breaking loose in Venezuela. Eventually, Venezuela becomes a bigger problem to the psyche than it is today. Whether it's migration, whether it's a military involvement, somewhere along the line, Venezuela becomes more important than it is today. North Korea. All of a sudden, things aren't going so great with North Korea. They're firing missiles. We don't know what kind of missiles. We're kind of ignoring it. But should we be? Are we really making progress with North Korea? Is that going to become an issue? Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. We don't know. I'm just laying out the items on the table. I'm the umpire. We're meeting at the plate. We're going over the local rules. We have Iran. Who knows what can happen over there? 
We have oil looming. We have a carrier fleet going towards Iran. That can't be good news. Eventually, that turns out to be bad news. China. Are we going to make a deal with China? Are we not going to make a deal with China? They're sending a delegation. It's a smaller delegation. Is the delegation going to make a deal? Of course not. We'll hear rumors of a deal. We'll hear rumors of a no deal. Also, keep in mind, part of the reason why the market has been rallying for as long as it has is been waiting for a deal with China. So certainly, regardless of whether we make a deal or don't make a deal with China, will it be a buy the rumor, meaning they've already bought the rumor, and then a sell the news event? Very, very possible. We have U.S. politics. We have fighting all the time. Who knows what they can pull out of the woodwork next? And then we have the unknown, which is probably a list of half a dozen to a dozen more things. So we have the wall of worry, we have a market that's in an uptrend, a market that's running out of time, and we're looking for a top. Think visually for a second. So when I look at the daily chart, I see this big green reversal candle. Fair enough. What if we didn't have that big decline? What if we just had a quiet day in the market? Now look at the candle. If you just take away the majority of the decline and you say it was just a quiet Monday, what would we be discussing right now? We would be discussing there's nothing wrong with this market. It's still in an uptrend. Anybody that wanted to can still be short against the high that was made on May 1st. Nothing would really have changed. We wouldn't have a reversal today. We wouldn't have all the discussion about the market being down early in the morning. But at the same time, we still finished where we finished. And at the end of the day, nothing really changed with this market except for the fact that the SPY was down about a dollar and a quarter. The S&P cash index was down 13 points. It's a down day, but it's not a terrible down day. There are down days. But we would be discussing the fact that the market's still in an uptrend. So nothing would have changed. But when we go back to real life, this is the candle we have, and we had the discussion we had because of what happened today. But we should, and I think it's healthy to look at things from a variety of different perspectives. Let's look at the perspective of the VIX for a second. Now, the VIX had a really, really healthy spike today, all the way up to almost $19. It made a high of about $18.80. But here's what I want to point out in the VIX, really two things. A... Every time the VIX gets below 12, you hear me pounding the table, you can buy the VIX below 12, it never generally stays there for long. But here's the other thing that I want to point out, and I think this is important to note, because we never really dig deeper, we never peel back the onion when we hear other people say stuff, or we read things that are published by who knows who. I got an article a week or so ago from one of the members citing, and I'm sure other people have saw it also, citing the fact that there was a huge, huge short position built in the VIX or the VXX. Maybe it was a different vehicle, but the concept was, the theory was, a hedge fund built an enormous position shorting the VIX, shorting volatility. That was about a week or so ago, and the VIX was in the general vicinity of about 12. My response to the member was, that hedge funds have underperformed the index. They got the decline wrong last year. They got the rally wrong from the decline. So they're underperforming what makes them right now. 
Not the point whether they were right or somebody else was right. The point is, just because something is printed or something is found on the internet or we hear somebody say it on TV, doesn't make it true, doesn't make them right. The homework said, the VIX really doesn't stay around 12 or below for very long. Period. After that, I don't care who's short the VIX. Why would you want to be short when it's at the lows? Camp IWM, what's going on over here? Nothing wrong going on over here, so we have to take note of this. It's 160.61 on close, had a positive day at the end of the day. The S&P was down 13 points. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 66 points after being down several hundred points earlier in the day. So that's a tremendous comeback also. The Nasdaq Composite finished down 40 points. Half a percent for the Nasdaq, a quarter of a percent for the Dow, and around half a percent for the S&P. The IWM finishes positive, leading the market higher above all the moving averages. Anything wrong here? No, not yet. Even if we were down where we were early this morning, the IWM was still above all its moving averages. It's still not in a bad or bearish position. We have to take note of it. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. And by the way, it's a large puzzle piece. Why? The IWM will continue to pull the market higher if it's going higher until it doesn't. What does that mean? It could reverse tomorrow. It could reverse on Thursday. It could reverse next Wednesday. We don't know, but the IWM right now is bullish and it's going higher and you have to note it. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Making a stop down at the transportation department, what do we have here? Well, the bigger picture is there's nothing really technically wrong with this chart, but let's look at it a couple of different ways. Let's look at it from the canary and the coal mine perspective for a second. The transports topped out long before the S&P did. So on the 24th of April, the transports top out and they start down. We discuss it the day before they bottom out that we should be coming into the time zone and also an important price area. It was a former breakout area and all of a sudden the transports found a bottom, and had a nice two-day rally, and even today weren't down that much, down much more earlier, but finished down about one-half of 1%, basically on par with the S&P. So A, we don't have any new information on the transports, but still, we don't have a higher high, and until and unless we have a higher high, and that means a higher high from the high of the 24th of April, until and unless we have a higher high Over and above that, on a closing basis, the transports have an opportunity to put in a lower high. I'm watching that very, very closely. This is a puzzle piece. It's definitely on the table. So here's your high, and somewhere along the way, there's either going to be a lower high made and a sell-off, or there's going to be a higher high made, so we still have the same high, But if the transports go on to make a higher high, then that whole discussion goes off the table and we reset our mind frame to where the chart is currently. The XLF, making a stop down in the financial district. So we had the same reversal in the XLF that we had in the SPY. First, we achieved what we thought we would, somewhere in the neighborhood of 28 to 28 and a quarter, 
I think we made a high of 28.12, or what was the high here? 28.14 was the high. And then we sold off, but we still remain in an uptrend. And technically, there's nothing wrong with the XLF. We had a nice reversal day. Nothing says this market can't go higher. Remember, today could have been the trick trap fool and frustrate crew just getting some folks, hopping on the short side, They get some panic buying ensuing. It drives the market higher. They had a little bit of a reset. IPOs coming later in the week. Drive prices higher. Everybody feels good. Get the rest of the bulls on board. Get the rest of the or the remaining few bears onto the bullish side. Get everybody on board. Drive the market higher. And then have a gap in crap on heavy volume. And there would be a market reversal. I don't know if we'll get that kind of reversal, but I'm looking for that kind of reversal. We're going to take a detour for a second and we're going to talk inside the numbers. So let's go right to what was said early in the morning. Welcome to the gap down. Looks like a little air will come out this morning. China, tweet, tariffs, nothing new really. And really there was nothing new. We've read that book before. So what I'm doing here is I'm trying to calm traders. I'm trying to remind traders that there's nothing new. It's just a lot of points, but there's nothing new going on. We also want to have an awareness that we could certainly scale down and have a huge leg lower. So we discuss the fact that we're aware that we could wake up to a gap down one day. We've talked about that at least a dozen times. Then we begin to get into some numbers. Early this morning, they're hanging back down around the big fat round number of 2,900. That's in the ES or the S&P E-mini futures contract. I give both in this report, the SPY and the ES numbers. We discuss where they were overnight, whether or not they will need to revisit. And then I remind traders that if they do revisit the overnight lows, traditionally, under normal market conditions... That would be supportive of the market. We're in the business of trading. That would definitely be a trade setup testing the overnight lows. They didn't do that. So I go on to remind traders there are a variety of participant groups that will show up this morning. Let's scroll up a little bit. We have the buy the dip crowd, the Johnny come lately, get me out of here crowd. This is it. Let's go short crowd and others. So we need to be aware of two acute possibilities. And some of you will say, well, the third possibility was that the market would just sit right there all day and go sideways. And certainly that was a possibility, but it was really a remote possibility. So the two acute possibilities were there could be a vacuum to the downside. And if markets start getting much below the 2883, which would be the overnight low, that could be trouble. So I'm giving you the heads up. If that begins to happen and we started to crack The overnight lows, there could be another leg to the downside. And then obviously traders had numbers below what to watch out for, what would normally be supportive of the market. The second one was markets can find a bottom, brush off the overnight news and continue right back up where we were last week. That's exactly what happened. And I say it happens all the time. If you've taken the long view, you've seen this before. We need to be aware of both. We come in with no predetermined bias and we let the market open and indicate her intentions, which is exactly what we did. Everybody saw what was going on. The market found a low very, very quickly, reversed. The rest is history. I did have some other data here. I had to refresh the page. This was an old version. 
So what I also say is food for thought. They don't normally give it up that easy. It's hard to kill a bull. Again, reminding traders. Then I go on to say stocks on the move. There are tons of stocks on the move, and there were early in the morning because of the type of gap down we were having. What you find on today's list are what I've determined to be the best opportunities of risk-reward. Remember, it's another trading day. Keep things in perspective. Now, we'll scroll down, and you'll see what I'm talking about. What I did was I put a bunch of stocks that I thought were the best opportunities on the board, but I put the targets far enough away that if we did get a further vacuum at the open, traders weren't going to get caught with their pants down. I really picked, in a lot of cases, what would normally be a target two. And here's the reason. You don't know before the open how they're going to open them. You don't mess around with money. That's how you become successful and you build wealth. So, as a result, one of them hit their target. The first one on the board, JD. The target was 27.03. We'll get back to that in a moment. I also give the important numbers. You can take a snapshot of that and see if that would have been helpful or useful to you during the day. You can see the ES numbers or the SPY numbers and just take a glance and then look over at a chart and see what happened at those numbers from an intraday perspective. Then I always provide a midday update. So we say so far the buy the dip crowd won the battle. Doesn't mean the market's out of the woods just yet. Here's an important bogey. ES2922. So you look to see where the market went to. You look to see where 2922 is. And so at least we're able to identify an area where the market was going to either find resistance, which it did for a while, or bust through. Closing hourly above gives the bulls a vitamin B shot. That's what happened. And then I'm reminding traders the IWM is showing relative strength against the S&P. That's positive for the bulls. So even during the morning session, things were looking positive. We saw the reversal. Things around the horn were looking positive. You take the market for what it is at the time, not what you think it should be. In the last line, I go on to remind traders volume has gotten considerably lighter than it was early on. The path of least resistance in light volume is what? Generally higher. We talk about that all the time. We have to look at JD. Of course we're going to look at JD. Look what happened. The stock closed at $30.06 on Friday. This morning, the stock made a low of $27 on the button. Target 1 was $27.03. The rest is history. I don't have to tell you what happened. That was put on the board for Inside the Numbers members before 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Back to some of the other markets that we cover. This is the SMH, also the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. It got hit early and finished down, still yet pretty good for the day, down 1.6%. So even though it looks like a positive reversal candle, look where we finished. We finished right up against the 20-period moving average. So that's an interesting puzzle piece. It's on the table. The SMH is definitely a good proxy for the tech sector. I think we skipped the tech sector. So let's go back to the tech sector and take a look out in Silicon Valley at the triple Qs. And you can see in the triple Qs, same story as the SPY. There's nothing technically wrong with this chart. Ultimately, all this is doing is grinding higher. We just came into 
tested once again, and reacted away from the northern direction, the 20-period moving average. There's nothing else we can say about the Qs other than it still looks bullish. Sure, it was down over a buck today, about six-tenths of one percent, but at the end of the day, there's nothing technically wrong with this chart. Will we be having a different discussion two or three days from now, seven to ten days from now, Maybe we will, but today there's nothing technically wrong with this chart. Before I wrap it up tonight, I figured we would go down to a 10-minute SPY chart. And I just make mention of something. You can look at it this way. I tend to look at it this way a lot when I see these types of candles. This by itself, even the way it was the first candle of the day, is still a reversal candle. So the second we started to come down, and then you see where we closed above that first candle of the day, the opening range, or at least the opening 10-minute range, high. And the third candle of the day created the opening 30-minute range, high. So here's the way I look at it from an intraday perspective. Let's focus on the blue lines for a second. So the first blue line, 29060, 290.61 and the second blue line around 290.96 again you got to give it some leeway in terms of pennies we don't need to get exact to the penny although the market does respect these particular price levels to the penny much of the time and you see what happened once we got above the opening range high meaning the 30 minute opening range high all we did was come back to test that same price level and took off never coming back into it the reason why I wanted to put the first one on the board, the 290.61, we'll even remove the other for a second, is because if we started getting down into that candle and began closing 10-minute candles in there, we would have been doing one of two things. A, potentially building, for example, a bull flag pattern maybe, for example, or we would have been failing. So I would have paid acute attention to the market getting and closing more than just the first or second candle inside the high of the first candle. I know that might have sounded confusing. Listen to it a couple of times. I'll say it one more time. I became interested in the first candle when we closed the second one inside of it. If that were to continue, the market would have been potentially doing one of two things. Building a potential bull flag pattern, and we'll just draw it out like this. Here's the up move, here's a flag pattern, and then we could have had one of those moves. It would have been certainly feasible. The second thing would have been to continue closing inside of that candle and then fail. So I was watching for one of those two things if the market remained beneath 290.61. But that didn't happen. It went the other way. And you saw what happened. We had one back test of the opening range, the opening 30-minute range high. Doesn't work every time, but it works a lot of the time. Why does that work a lot of the time? Because I know a lot of other traders are watching that. And therefore, if other people think that other people are watching that, they may take action at those price levels. That's what creates a market. So if you know what the others are doing, why? Because it happens over and over and over again. And not that it happens every time, but some of these things happen the majority of the time. So you're able to do what? Ride the coattails. And with that, I'm going to give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast 
Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.